Hey, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Matchbook uh, Betting Exchange and Trust Gaming. We will get to the crack immediately. We've got a special guest joining us immediately. Welcome in, Dean Blandino. Dean, we don't we don't want to keep you waiting. Thanks so much for joining us again. Yeah, thanks to thanks for having me, and great to see you after another another weekend of uh, great games. Yes, sir. And uh, well, let's let's start off here, Dean. Did you really think last night at about well about um, 4 p.m. Eastern or 4.30 Eastern that the Cincinnati Bengals would, would come back and, and beat the Chiefs in that manner? Three points of offense in the second half. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I'm still waiting to find someone that picked the Bengals to make the Super Bowl before the season started. I I want to I want to talk to that person. But, um, you know, it kind of followed. It was similar to their regular season matchup when the Chiefs went out to a big lead and, and Cincinnati was able to make adjustments. And uh, and hold, like you said, hold the Chiefs to three points in the second half and come back and win the game. And uh, it was, you know, it, it's great for for the Bengals. That's a franchise that hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 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 a while. And uh, and it'll it'll be it'll be good to see uh, you know a different representative from the AFC other than the Chiefs or the Patriots. So that's I think that's good for that's good for fans outside of those two regions. Dean, we'll have a couple of talking points from the games uh, last night to chat about, but I did want to ask you about um, Sean Payton's comments in uh, Peter King's column this morning. Um, he, under uh, Peter King title, says, Keep, uh, keeping the best refs reffing. Sean Payton made some very nice comments about your good self. Uh, he said about uh, about you. He said, "Don't get me started on Dean Blandino." He set up Neil Armstrong. That yes, was... he did. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, he set up the modern replay process, um, and then he leaves us. And he said it'd be like Neil Armstrong doing most of the legwork to get Apollo thirteen to the moon, and there's a contract squibble, and the rock goes up without him, and they get to the moon, and Buzz Aldrin doesn't know how to open the hatch door. That's uh, quite the quite the compliment, but he did say, yeah, re replay was Dean's baby. We lost him, and it doesn't work as well. Just, I suppose, your uh, your thoughts on, on, obviously, you know, Sean is no longer with the Saints, but, like, your thoughts on uh, Sean and uh, responding to those nice comments. Yeah, I mean, I, that's completely humbled, and, and that Sean would, would, would make those comments. I'm in no way anywhere on the same plane as Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin or anyone that has, has explored space and been to the moon. But it, it, it is nice to hear that in my time at the NFL that from somebody that's, that's been around and so respected around the league um, who saw the, you know, the, the, positive, the positive work that you put in. Um, and, and, yeah, it's for me, it, it, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time at the NFL, and, and it wasn't something that I looked at the NFL as, as a bad place to work or a bad place to be. I just looked at other opportunities that, that made more sense for me at that time. But, um, again, really, a couple people sent me that this morning, and, and I'm really, really humbled that he thinks that highly of, of the work that I did. Dean, my, my four-year-old decides to join us, which is the beauty of playing, uh, talking to you live, to be honest with you. But um, I have a very nerdy officiating question for you, I'm afraid yeah, to say. I love those. So I'm going to take you back to the Kansas, uh, Kansas City Bengals game. Just before halftime, Patrick Mahomes, or a bit, little bit before halftime, Patrick Mahomes decides to run the opposite direction and somehow scramble out, convert a third and two play and turn it into a touchdown. At that moment in time, a few people blew up on Twitter saying, 
Where's the block in the back here? The block in the back of the offensive lineman, about five yards in the backfield. Now, my nerdiness knows that you can block in the back on the line of scrimmage and within the box, and that's perfectly legal. But I didn't actually know, can you do it in the backfield? Is it okay if it's behind the line, or should it have been called by the refs and the play called back? Yeah, that that's it's a great it's a great question. There were several people that that were on social media asking about that. And and though the rule doesn't within officiating and and this goes for most sports, there's the rules and then there's there's certain philosophies and things that that the practical application of the rule. And so the block in the back rule is very specific. You can't make contact from behind for, and 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 make that contact. Um but the application of the rule within close line play. So within the tackle box, when you're talking about offensive linemen, pass protecting um, and defensive linemen that are rushing, if they're engaged, then that they're allowed to kind of push that defender past the quarterback. As long as it's, it's continuous engagement, you're not going to see that call. Now, if the quarterback is scrambling and it is a broken play and it's more out in space, then you would revert to the normal rules. If you have a clear block in the back, um, you would want that called. So so it was kind of in this gray area. You could make a case. Mahomes was scrambling. It was kind of a broken play and that the rule would apply. But in the normal pass rush, especially, um, you know, whether it's a defensive end or tackle, if it's a normal rush like that, it's all continuous. You'll allow that that offensive lineman the ability to push the player past the quarterback. Um, so, yeah, it's a good a good question. I thought certainly it could have been called in that situation because it felt to me more of a broken play with the scramble. Now you're out in space and it's more like a, you know, within the kicking game where you have those returns and more space when that block in the back can, can be more advantageous to the team committing it. We'll try and get one more quick round in each, Dean, before we let you go. Uh, for me, anything else stand out to you in terms of the officiating yesterday? Two very different games. You know, that, that Rams for the energy game was completely different to the way that, uh, that Chiefs-Bengals game went. Was there anything else that maybe stood out to you that you thought, hmm, or that you were surprised by? You know, I wasn't really surprised. What I noticed right away in both games were that neither crew was going to inject themselves into the game that that they were going to and, and i hate to use this term because we never use this in officiating you never say hey we're going to let them play today right we don't say that because that would that would you know that would kind of insinuate that you're gonna you're gonna look the other way and and if they're you know only going to call the the egregious fouls but it felt like both crews had that mindset where because there were certainly some calls that i thought could have been made in both games i thought they were both for the most part, clean games from the two teams. Uh, but there were things that could have been called and probably would have been called during the regular season. And this isn't something that it's it's a directive from the officiating department. But I think that there's it's almost like a mindset that these, these games, championship games, the officials don't want to be the reason. They don't want to be um, kind of the story. So they, they might take a little bit of a hands-off approach it's not always the best thing because if you have one team that's really pushing the envelope, you can't allow that team to continue to gain that advantage. But it felt to me like the officials were not going to call a whole bunch of fouls. And, and I think the numbers, I think it was six in the one game and eight maybe in the second game, which is which is below average for, for, for you know, the regular season. Dean, can I ask you about um, the, Ra the Rams 49ers game and something that uh, weren't called 
was um, the hit to the back of the head from Fred yeah. Warner on Matt Stafford. And also, um, Debo got blown up at a, about a fortnight after the, the play was over by Robinson. Um, in a league that, you know, where roughing the passer has at times, you know, become, it almost feels like, you know, you breathe on the QB and that's roughing the passer. How, how like, those sorts of decisions where, you know, the replay shows it very clearly, very quickly. And I saw Lawrence Tyne says that, you know, the FedEx envelope will be wearing and they'll be a fine. But, you know, it has such an impact on the game itself. I mean, very easily you could have lost one of those players yesterday. Just, I suppose, around that and around officiating that. Yeah, and those that the the play that's a a different play. Normally, the rough and the passer, right? The referee is is mainly responsible, and you have the umpire that can also make that call and help out. This was after an interception, so Stafford, as the quarterback, maintains defenseless player protection, and uh, and it's really the the referee, and it's a tough one because the play, right? It changes direction so quickly, and the referee then has to. Um, you know, transition, all the officials have to transition because offense becomes defense, defense becomes offense. But you, ha- you can't lose sight of the quarterback because the quarterback does get that special protection. And that's really the referee's job. But in that instance, watching that play, you have the back judge that is trailing the play that probably had a better look at it. There weren't a lot of bodies in the way. And that's just being able to scan the field and be aware of those things. And But those are difficult plays to officiate because, like I said, it's such a quick change of direction and everybody's kind of switching sides. So you just have to, you have to be aware of, uh, of, of especially where the quarterback is and then any dead ball action, obviously that's something that officials are, you know, they're doing after every down and making sure that you don't have those late hits. It's just one of those plays where they, they missed it. Um, and you think about technology, like you said, it's obvious and we get that replay. Is that something the NFL wants to add? I think you certainly could consider player safety fouls as something that, hey, we want to get these. Um, we don't want to allow players to be in, in, you know, in a position to take those types of hits without penalties being called. So that, I think that's something the league certainly will discuss in the offseason. Um, Dean, it's, um, it's common knowledge that teams plan a little bit for the referees, for the crews they're going to have facing uh, against them, and that some teams have distinct strategies to play the rules to their advantage. The Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, basically defensively held on every single play, knowing they wouldn't get cold on every single play. But now the Super Bowl is set. We know the two teams. We know the officiating crew, and it's an all-star crew as always, but held up by Ron Talbot. Is there anything that stands out for you in terms of either the way in those teams play or the way in which Ron calls the game that you think might have a, a nuance or impact upon the way in which? Yeah, I don't think either team, you know, Seattle during that Legion of Boom, that was that was a prime example of a team that really, you know, they were they played very aggressively, like you said, and 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 there has been team there have been teams that have that mindset. Hey. They're not gonna. They're not gonna throw a flag on every play. So we're we might get one, but we're not gonna. You know, we're gonna we're gonna end up ahead at the end of the day. Um, and and I don't think the, the the Bengals right. The Bengals were the were the least penalized team in the NFL all year. So so I don't think that's a team that really pushes the envelope. Um, the Rams, I think, probably middle of the pack. They're they're not a team that really stands out. I think everybody's kind of going in. These are two teams that, that, that haven't played certainly this year. I don't, I don't remember the last time, obviously they're in different conferences, so they don't play. They're not a lot of opportunities to play very often in this crew. Everybody's kind of going in 
Um, the crew, just like the two teams, they're going to scout. They're going to look for formations, tendencies, things that they like to do in certain situations. Um, and I, I don't think there's any, you know, preconceived notions or biases going in. And I think that's good. You see what you can pick up on tape. Um, you go through it. You're prepared for anything. There's going to be conversations um, throughout, you know, the next couple of weeks with, with both teams. If there's anything different or exotic they're going to do, um, you certainly want to make sure the officials are aware of that. And I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be a great two weeks of prep and uh, and the officials will pick up things on tape, have good discussions, just like the teams do. And, uh, and, and I don't think there's anything really that jumps out immediately about these two teams or the officiating crew that says, hey, look for this. We're going to see a lot of holding penalties. I don't, there's, there's nothing statistically or anything out there that, that, that leads you to believe, you know, that that's the case. Dean, really looking forward to it. I really appreciate you coming on the day after as well. Maybe see you in LA in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we'll, LA. we'll we'll catch up. I'd love to to see you all in person. Thanks so much, Dean. You're very you're very kind and generous for your time, man. Enjoy the week. Like, relax this week. Big week next week in in, in <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles and uh, chat to you soon, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks as always, Dean. Cheers. Man. Uh, Dean Blandino, Fox Sports uh, rules analyst, also formerly with the NFL as well. Fantastic to hear from Dean. Uh, before we start off, boys, there's a lot of comments, there's a lot of chat, there's a lot of people watching. Contractually obliged, I'm only joking. Delighted uh, to just be with our partners here. Uh, £20 welcome offer, Irish NFL show code. Uh, money back is cash, your first bet loses. Thanks very much. Too much, big boys, because the bet came up last night. Really appreciate it. If you got on that, well done. Uh, and uh, the free, and I'm sure we'll have one for Super Bowl Sunday in two weeks. Talking about Super Bowl Sunday, you can see it at the very bottom of the screen. The Los Angeles Rams are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, nobody in this show called that the other day at all. No one called that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, in the Super Bowl in two weeks' time, let's just get the chat up very quickly. Uh, Anthony saying, Who day? I picked the Bengals from August plus 5,000. Uh, Fred Flunk is saying, even lads, can we have a whip round for the Niners fans tonight? Uh, Owen said, Niner Nations. Still very sad. Uh, DNVR said, hey lads, hey, how's the forum lads? Thanks very much for the support. Uh, and Owen Farrell again. So basically Owen and Fred are having a complete chat about Jimmy G and the 49ers. Uh, how are we doing? Are we good? Are we feeling good? Feeling fresh? Feeling great. Never been better. But other than that, it's all good. It's all good. It was a, a late night last night, wasn't it? Thank God that game didn't go over time. Seriously, like that, that would have been a disaster. Uh, any news to tell us? Anyone that uh, people should be aware of? Or any? Well, we made our announcement last night that we are headed to LA for to cover Super the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl week. I will be out there from tomorrow week and obviously there are a whole host of media events in the lead up to the super bowl but we are really looking forward to it the uh, entire gang should be out there and i think michael we have a, a big show planned for the saturday saturday i actually can announce the time tonight i haven't told you boys this yet 10 30 a.m pacific that is 6 30 p.m ireland that's non-negotiable. We have to do it that time. But uh, thanks very much to, to the producers. 12th of February, uh, live from opposite SoFi Stadium. Unbelievable. What 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 more can you say about that? Inc I don't think it's going to hit us until we actually get out there. But uh, unbelievable. Really appreciate everybody's support last night. The support both uh, 
on all forms of social media. Some of the messages we've been getting the last couple of days. Thank you so much to everybody. And thanks to everyone for the support. It's going to be great crack. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, like Stafford against Burrow is going to be a good Super Bowl, boys. And uh, maybe maybe Stan Kroenke, Mark, can win the Super Bowl uh, in his home stadium and, and win a trophy. Brian is non tonight. Uh, he's actually at the press conference for Brian Dabble, the new New York Giants head coach. More, more to come on that. But uh, yes. And that's all I have in terms of jokes. Uh, in terms of jokes, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs performance. Boys, oh, last night. Oh, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm, I'm, it's a bit of crack. Uh, Colin, will we start off? The Chiefs had, well, I literally tweeted that. I picked the Bengals, right? And then I literally said ball game because the Chiefs looked like they were on fire. What happened at halftime in terms of what were the Bengals told in the dressing room? What were the Chiefs doing? Did the Chiefs go into May or could they not get anything going? It just didn't make any sense the whole time. And the Chiefs are now out, you know, I, I don't really know much more to say. Like, I mean, it's it, it's a huge upset for Kansas City, who really, really fought, and they did think with with good reason that they were going to get to LA in two weeks. Yeah, and for uh, the opening uh, period, as is, uh, you weren't alone in in saying ball game. I saw so many tweets, people saying, "Oh, what am I going to watch for the next few hours?" But it seemed like everyone had given up on the Bengals except for the Bengals. And then the the, the stop at the at the end just before halftime was the, the game changer. I mean, is that on Reed? Is that on Mahomes? They're both kind of taking responsibility for for it today. But that really was the the game changer and the the second half i mean i i saw in in terms of epa there's never been a, a bigger differential between a, a quarterback's first half performance and their second half performance um the the bang the bengals just made brilliant adjustments and mahomes refused to adjust and i think that's you know is again is it is it mahomes is it reed so and and you don't want to, you don't want to go overboard with it right but it's criticism for one game because it was a really bad half like they just refused to adjust to it and the 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 Bengals dropped eight guys and the, the Chiefs they 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 saw it but it was like they didn't want to believe it and in refusing to acknowledge the reality of it they ended up kind of costing themselves the, the game now i saw Dan Orlovsky was talking today about he felt Mahomes was trying to chase those points that he left behind at the end of the, the first half for the entirety of the, the second half. Maybe there is uh, so, something to that. Um, but Mark likes, uh, you know, Greek mythology or tales of yore. This was a, a children's fairy tale. This was the tortoise and the hare. Um, and ultimately the tortoise <laughs> wins that race because the, the hare rushes out and thinks that it's done. Um, and, and so it proved for the Chiefs, it, it felt, and we'll get to, to this, in both of these games, there were the shades of the very worst, shades of the very worst, Andy Reid, shades of the very worst, Kyle Shanahan. Um, the, so so um, one stat I saw earlier was, since the NFL began awarding home field in the postseason to the better team, which was in 1975, only twice has the home team lost a game in which they led by at least 18 points. 2017, the Chiefs versus the Titans. 2021, the Chiefs versus the Bengals nightmare scenario that has come back to haunt the the chiefs look they 
they were brilliant last week against the the Bills. They were brilliant in the first half. Um, but you know, when they're good, they're very, very good. And when they're bad, they're horrid. Yeah, I mean, Colin, this wasn't a cherry children's fairy tale. You started talking about it. This was a haunted house of horrors. And the haunted house of horrors is the Chiefs playoff performances over the last 10 years. Because yes, they've won a Super Bowl. Yes, they've made four back-to-back home AFC championship games. But there are plenty of horror stories. You allude to the Titans game. Don't forget the 28-point lead they gave up to the Colts back in 2013 as well. Don't forget the Steelers game in 16 when they managed to lose a game when they never gave up a touchdown, 18-16, if you remember the infamous two-point try at the end. They have had some horrible performances in the playoffs, but none probably is going to hurt as much as this. This will feel like a Super Bowl thrown away because for 10 quarters of the postseason, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense has been playing lights out. And that second half was, and you've said it very well there, I mean, it was abysmal. Um, the last five plays they ran um, were atrocious. They've gone from first and goal to somehow messing up their opportunity to win in regulation. Paddy Mahomes nearly giving away a fumble that would have gone down in the annals of worst lost fumbles of all time. And then in overtime, not only trying to feature your fourth receiver for some reason, but trying to throw the ball to Eli Apple on one play only to throw the actual interception on the next play. They will you know, be suffering with this for a long, long time. And why did it happen? Well, (laughs) there's many, many good reasons. But frankly, Andy Reid got outcoached again. He's now lost five championship games. The changes and the uh, uh, um, amendments that the Bengals made at halftime worked and the Chiefs didn't adapt. There was a little bit of hubris in this as well, I think. I mean, like before halftime, they're fighting about who's getting the targets. Um, there had been so much talk about the real Super Bowl being last week's game, which was stupendous. I mean, it was probably what the the greatest, one of the greatest NFL games of all time between the Chiefs and the Bills. But they still had to win two more games. And at halftime, you have to legitimately ask, did they think it was done? All credit to the Bengals. The Bengals deserve more of the focus than the Chiefs. However, they did not give up. Houday did not fail to believe all the way through. And they sent the law firm after them. Hendrickson, Hill and Hubbard. Sounds like a group of lawyers, doesn't it really, guys? Um, They made the absolute change. When you think about all of them, they combined for four sacks, six pressures and an interception. They were part of the key difference makers in turning it. Because, and you say everybody said it was game over. Of course they did. The first three drives, Kansas City didn't break sweat. Just before halftime, it came up. No sacks. No hurries, no penalties. That was their offense. It was clean. And yes, the plays before the half were um, interesting, to say the least. Should they have kicked the field goal? Of course, on reflection, they should have kicked the field goal. But they didn't. They didn't close out the deal. And the Bengals deservedly, passionately, brilliantly fought their way back into it. And yet again, the 22 season can go with the Chiefs fans down, along with Slimer, with Casper, with Banquo and Jacob Marley, with Inky Blinky and Clyde indeed, into all of the other ghosts that they have in their closet. We've got Paddy Balls coming up shortly, and I will just shortly give my thoughts on last night's game. You mentioned there, um, Mark, about did the Chiefs think it was done? I can't remember at what point it was in the second half, but it was very, very close to the end of the half. And Holmes was sitting. 
Something like this. Now, if you're on the podcast, I, I apologize, but he was sitting like this. Now, when you have a team with that talent, you are, of course, you're entitled to some degree of arrogance in a positive way, arrogance in a good way, because you got the talent. You got a generational quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. But they completely mm, the bad last night. There is no other way for it. And the fact that they went in, okay, it was what, 21 10? It was 21 to 3 until very close to halftime. Uh, or, yeah, it was 21, yeah, 21 3 to very close to halftime. So that's the way I, I almost look at it as if it was that score. I know it was different, but it's the Chiefs. Did the Chiefs actually go in at halftime last night and say to themselves, ah, here, the grand hit the death sort of thing? Like it'll be 100% sure luck. We'll, we'll go down, we'll score in our touchdown, and it'll be grand. The game will be over 28 10. What 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 exactly was the game plan? And you know, you can look back to numerous different things. The performance in the Super Bowl last year, what they done to come back with that O line this year. Granted, the season that they had, especially the first six to seven games, they were very inefficient. They didn't get their mojo back, and then they completely fall apart. But on a national or worldwide stage last night, frankly, it's a wasted season. And I think Andy Reid needs to ask himself what the hell he was at. But also Orlando Brown, Honey Badger, and we can talk about this in a few weeks. Who, who will be? I mean, will they both be there next year? And will they take restructured deals to be there? Paddy Mahomes' money is going to kick in soon. Uh, I seen a great tweet this morning. You know, look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Look at how they've played. You know, look at what they've achieved. I think this is, this is the biggest, and I'm, I'm being completely serious there. The biggest, biggest letdown of any team this year, this season. The talent, the quarterback, they went into that game against Joe Burrow, who's a fantastic player, but Patrick Mahomes, the experience that he has, he wants to go back to the Super Bowl, fourth AFC Championship game in a row. They completely bottled it. I have nothing else to say than bottle jobs, boys. But the Bengals deserve it. The way the Bengals played in the second half was stunning. Joe Burrow was absolute clutch. I, I think it was the third down, Mark. It might, it might have been great if I'm wrong. Unbelievable. And then at the end... Tales never fails. I'll, I'll not even start there. But for the Chiefs to tweet and for everyone to say, oh, we won the coin toss, that's great. The Bengals defense showed them exactly what they were going on. And that Bengals team looked a lot better than last week. Have you any final comments, Mark, before we get Mr. Wallace on? Yeah, uh, just, just a couple of quick ones, Michael. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say they're the biggest letdown this season. I mean, Packers fans I'll might be fans. slightly let down in relation to it. And let's not forget as well, they do get to the AFC Conference Championship. They, you know, I mean, of course, it's not where they wanted to end up. I think we touched on it last week. There are certain teams whose expectation this season was Super Bowl or bust, and they were one of them. But it's funny, you allude to it, the window for some of these teams closes. We touched on it last week with the Bills. We touched on it uh, about the Packers, the expectation in 2010 they would get back again. This doesn't always last forever, so you've got to take advantage of your opportunities when you're there. And you mentioned about just before halftime. I mean, the Bengals were trying to waste time. They didn't want to leave time on the clock. And Perrine, about one minute and five, goes in 41 yards on the screen. And everybody thought the same thing, which was, ah, left too much time now. The Chiefs have time to get a field goal or a touchdown and get another touchdown to get the ball at the start of the second half. And I saw you saying about the tweets. I saw the tweets that said, this could be 35-10 before Joe Burrow touches the ball again. And in big moments, teams have to come up big. Um, and by the way, was it Antoine's put money on the Bengals back in August? Considering they started this season under Zach Taylor, 6-25-1, all I can say is the pints better be on him 
when we catch it. One thing, one because I know we have another guest to come in, just to say, like, the Bengals did all that after losing their tight end. Um, Uzama went out um, with a knee injury. Don't know how serious that's going to be. But they had their backs up against the wall. They're in Arrowhead. We all know about Arrowhead and, and everything about it. The, just kudos. You, you cannot say enough good things about the Bengals and the adjustments they made and the way in which they performed. And they didn't crumble. Even when the, the it went into overtime, at no point did the Bengals doubt themselves. And you just have to take off your 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 hat to, to them for that. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Rams and the 49ers after we bring our next guest on. Delighted to welcome in former Ulster Ireland rugby player along a lot more as well. Paddy Wallace. Paddy, uh, I'm so happy to welcome you to the show because finally I've got somebody with you know sort of a similar accent to me. <laughs> welcome on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Paddy, usually it's it's great to have you on as well, mate. And thanks so much for coming on uh, in such quick notice and obviously it's such a busy time of the season. Usually we ask people on here, you know, what their affinity is to the Emerald Island stuff, but look, I can't even I can't ask I can't ask somebody from Dundonald that there, but uh, can you maybe tell people that are that are, that are watching or listening, uh, how did you get into the NFL? Who's your team and stuff? Yeah, of course. Uh, I uh, I'm showing my age now, but uh, whenever I, I think it was Channel Four got the rights to the NFL initially, uh, sort of swept through. Uh, you know, everybody's TVs on a Sunday night, and my dad let me stay up. Uh, for for the Super Bowl back in '86 when the Bears were playing, and then I think the next he, I just fell in love with it, and he he, he got me the old NFL films, uh, you know the best ever quarterbacks, running backs. Uh, got the 1985 Bears uh, video, and I literally didn't have them off my VHS uh, for for years, and yeah, fell in love with it, and uh, whenever. In junior school, whenever we were asked to to write to learn how to write a letter, you wrote away a to a celebrity, and uh, I took the opportunity to write to Walter Payton, uh, addressed it to to Soldier Field, and I got a uh, I got a, a signed uh, A four picture uh, of sweetness, and uh, ever since then I've been in love. I, uh, <laughs> Whenever he retired, funnily enough, uh, it was the same same Christmas. My dad got me uh, the full kit with shoulder pads of, uh, and, and I think they only had the Miami Dolphins in stock and uh, the LA Raiders, and I had a Marcus Allen uniform. And then I switched my allegiance after Walter retired to the LA Raiders, and I've been a Raiders fan ever since. For my sins, uh, it's it's been a tough, it's been a tough thirty years. <laughs> Uh, I, I love the, the story of uh, how you got into it, Paddy. It's always interesting, you know, to hear people from, from Ireland talk about the, the different ways in which they, they got into it. And I suppose given that you are a Raiders fan, there have been some interesting developments over the, the past couple of days. What, uh, what do you make of uh, Josh McDaniels coming in as head coach? Oh, yeah, I mean, on the certainly, I mean, God, listen, the Raiders has been a car crash for so, so long. It would be nice to get some sort of stability there. We thought we had it with with John Gruden coming in and signing that a ten year contract, uh, but everything just works out the way the Raiders seem to work it out. And you know, our draft picks are either stuck in shelves in Walmart or in jail at the moment. So uh, hopefully, we'll get a bit of consistency. Obviously, he has a relationship 
with the new GM as well. So, I mean, it's exciting, but, you know, it's the kiss of death for that Patriots. Any coach that uh, seems to go out by themselves uh, ends up failing uh, under out of the shadow of, of Bill. So uh, we shall see. It's I'm hopeful. It's you know a new a new franchise really moving to LA. There's a lot more excitement about it. Uh, I think we've got a better opportunity to pick up free agents as well. I just hope we can get our draft right uh, for once. You know that that would be good. Uh, and and Josh has a lot to prove. You know he failed in Denver. Uh, he's been fantastic uh, at the Patriots, and he's got. A, you know the rings to show that, so you know hopefully he can he can bring that and be that be that outliner that that succeeds outside of uh, Foxborough or Gillette Stadium, whatever it is now. <laughs> yeah, Gillette Stadium. Well, Paddy, I am a Patriots fan, so I mean I can attest to the fact that not only is McDaniel's a good OC, but Dave Ziegler is a very underrated. And he's knocked out of the park on pro personnel the last while, so I think you're getting a good GM there. And you know maybe we owe you a few things for the Tuck Rule game. Way back when, so uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, pay, pay them back yeah. eventually. I, I, can't I, I saw what... I saw the highlights for that actually uh, a couple of weeks ago. That still still grinds me. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but not sorry, really. Um, I also love the way you started off your story on your love of the NFL because any Bears fans listening were kind of like, oh, yeah, another Bears fan. Oh, that's great, and then you just break their hearts by saying, yeah, but I'm now a Raiders fan <laughs> and have been for many yeah. years. I have to ask, I mean, you're a big fan. You were watching the games as well. But last night, being a Raiders fan, the 49ers versus the Rams, could there have been a worse NFC Championship game? Like, were you just waiting, wishing for a nuclear holocaust or something? Like, just anything <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a tough watch. And, uh, and my brother is actually, you know, obviously in the 80s as well. You see my older brother, Rory, he's uh, he's a massive uh Niners fan as well, so, so that that adds another layer. So I was delighted uh, when I woke up because uh, I I got to the third quarter uh, at the end of the third quarter and I just had to crash uh, and I and I switched. Uh, I had it recorded, put it on my iPad at seven o'clock when I woke up and uh, and there's a power cut because of the storm up here, so uh, uh, it didn't record. So I had to I just catch the quick quick highlights and uh, my brother and I share a. An office together and uh, I, I went in smiling he was he was pretty disappointed <laughs> i have to attest for that storm height this weekend's been mad I, I actually thought at one point last night the game was going to shut off at about two in the morning patty so yeah absolutely <laughs> he's not lying boys hey uh, patty you know, I, i'm actually going to give you a question here because this this actually came in before you came on the show this is how popular this whole thing is tonight uh colin uh, colin man i think he's in dublin i correct me if i'm wrong colin apologies question for patty um what will happen first? Ireland win the Rugby World Cup or the Raiders win the Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> I mean... uh, well, oh, Raiders yeah. have more chances. You know, Ireland have to wait for <laughs> years. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would love to see Ireland win the next World Cup, I have to say. Uh, and given given our, uh, given our the Raiders' form, you know, we, we did well to make the playoffs. You know, I think if we can, if we can build towards, you know, Getting to a championship game and, and progress. I think was it twenty two thousand twenty five. I think we're we're hosting uh, in in Las Vegas. So hopefully we can uh, we can we can get a slot there. And I may make the trip to to Vegas if we can short me out tickets. 
Paddy, I suppose, in, obviously, like, season is drawing to a conclusion and um, the Bengals being the, the surprise and I think the feel-good team of the, the season going up against the Rams, who I think a lot of people had to, to go to the, the Super Bowl. Um, your, just your, your thoughts on that matchup uh, ahead of uh, Super Bowl 56? Oh, it's uh, yeah, fair play to the Bengals. I mean, they they adjusted so so well at halftime. That crucial touchdown before before the end of the half really gave them hope. And Joe Burrows is just he's just playing. He's balling at the moment. He's so much confidence. Uh, so you know, coaching wise, Zach Taylor's done such a good job. He's turning. You know, he had the an absolutely atrocious probably on the on the chopping board. Uh, and it just shows how important a, a good QB is. They can change a franchise round in a year, and uh, and Burroughs has done that. And uh, I think there'll be slightly more pressure on on the Rams going in as favourites, likely. Uh, but I think that defensive front of the Rams and and in their uh, in their secondary will uh, will cause ben- the Bengals trouble. I really do. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald was kept at bay yesterday until that. that one of those last plays, uh, you know, he's going to be a force. Uh, so I, I think the rounds probably just have too much talent. Paddy, as a, I know now retired professional sportsman, I'm sure there's many things in the game of the NFL you look and you can empathize with and you can see the, the parallels with the rugby game. But I, I have to ask, there were two players last night and one was a goat and one just gets forgotten in the annals of time. So Eli Apple in the Bengals-Chiefs game drops an absolute easy interception. Next play, Patrick Mahomes throws an interception anyway, all gets forgotten about. In this 49ers game, Jacuzzi, Mr. Tart, I'll say, Mr. Tart drops the easiest interception possibly of all time with 9.55 to go. But because the 49ers lose, everyone focuses on it. Now, I seem to remember... 2009, Ireland won the Grand Slam. Everything's great, but didn't the Mr. Wallace, P. Wallace, give away a penalty that could have blown it all at the very end? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, uh, we, uh, it was actually a documentary on and, and it touched a bit on Rog. Uh, Run Regard knocked over a drop goal, and just there was about 10 seconds before uh, the final whistle, so it was play on basically I think so uh, Wales got the ball back and they kept the ball for about two three minutes and uh, I tried to steal the ball on the on the ground and uh, I was pinged for it, it as a kick from halfway yeah so uh, thankfully Stephen Jones missed it and uh, it was slightly I never forgot about it geez it was tough going back into the dressing room knowing that if that had you know had an extra meter in it you know I would have been packing my bags and move into Colombia or somewhere <laughs> but uh yeah that's I mean it's small margins and uh you know it's it's uh it's it's who makes the last mistake in in sport who makes the the last big play uh and those are the moments that will be remembered and uh you know unfortunately or fortunately for me on that occasion uh, uh Stephen Jones just 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 missed and uh, you can see that week in week out in the NFL and I think it's 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 why I enjoy the game so much is because all the games are so competitive and certainly in the last number of weeks there's been just some just epic 
to and fro in games and uh, it's very hard to predict and it really does come down sometimes to unfortunately who makes that uh, that error uh, close to uh, the final whistle. Paddy, it's been fantastic to have you on the show tonight uh, at Paddy Wallace 12 on Twitter. Hopefully, you know, Paddy, I've been trying to get these boys up here to do a show for months. Uh, I think, you know, maybe the egg, the bots, uh, heart bar, something. We'll try and do something maybe in the off season. You're more than welcome to come and, and chat about the ball. Uh, just before we let you go, Paddy, though, in, in all seriousness, and we are very lucky here. We've got some great people from you know, around the UK, Europe, uh, America watching this as well. But we're going to stay very uh, local here now. Big game at the weekend. Hey, Ireland are going to completely trash wheels, aren't they, on Saturday? Or are we going to put that on record now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, Ireland, Ireland had a great last year. The the November series were, were outstanding. Uh, so we just need to, to back that up. Hopefully, you know, I think we're, we're fairly fresh, injury free uh, going into that. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what's so important. Uh, so yeah. Uh, good times ahead for Ireland. Maybe a grand slam on the on the cards. Uh, we've got uh, we've got two two top away matches over in Paris and England. Uh, so that's always going to be a tough test. But uh, yeah, hopefully a, a good start against the Welsh uh, on Saturday. Get the points well, again, in. They'll be flowing. Oh, <laughs> I, I, the, the, for the next few weekends, I, I think, Paddy, there'll be uh, plenty of sport to enjoy, and uh, hopefully, the uh, the weather won't interfere with uh, you watching the the Super Bowl. But look, we, <laughs> we want to say thanks uh, for taking the time to join us this evening, and uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have you back on the show, be it uh, in a virtual format or maybe uh, up up north in the not too distant future. That'll be great. See you in the bot. Yeah. All the best, Paddy. Good luck. Cheers. Good luck, guy. All the best. Uh, great to have Paddy on. Paddy, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, short notice as well and good crack. Good to have somebody local on the show, boys. I mean, the chat, like, it's fantastic. Fantastic crack. And uh, going from the Bears to the Raiders as well, that's that, that's an interesting combo. Yeah. That's like Mark going from the, the Patriots to the Bucks. Sorry. How about it? I'm here. Here all week. I'm just ignoring you. I'm just ignoring you. <laughs> Just in good form. Can I just uh, retract my statement about the Chiefs? The Chiefs weren't the biggest battle jobs. You were right. The Packers were, but the Chiefs weren't that far behind. Uh, so we will uh, keep that going. And look, we're 43 minutes into the show here now. Uh, let's let's get to the second game of the... You think the, that's uh, going to save you? Good luck. What? what? Should I say it last week with the Packers? It's grand. Um, oh. Anyway, f- thanks. To the, that, that was great. Crack shot the party there. And I am holding you boys that we're going to go to the bot or the egg in Belfast in August for our season preview show. We'll see how our picks go then for the next season. Uh, anyway, just a reminder, so we're going to be in LA next weekend for, well, the weekend after next for the Super Bowl. Um, the Saturday, we have a live show from Inglewood. It's literally in the car park of SoFi Stadium. Colm is going to bring some sandwiches. Mark's bringing the tato, and I'm bringing the Club Orange. But uh, m- more on that in a bit. Uh, let's talk about the second game last night. And you know it's a big game when everyone's up late. We're all up late at half two in the morning, texting, watching the game. Uh, Colin, Rams beating the 49ers. Fantastic win for the Rams, who were at one point in this game, were 17-7 down. Uh, Stan Kroenke gets the NFC Championship in a packed stadium in the first year of crowds being allowed in. A very, very happy man. The Rams are now 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl Championship. They're all in. Do you believe in them? Well, I think the 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 Bengals are gonna feel like you know nobody fancied them against the the Titans, nobody fancied them against the Chiefs, 
nobody's really going to fancy them against the Rams. I don't think it'll uh, bother the, the Bengals one bit. I mean, Mark touched on it there with, with Paddy, the sliding doors moment in terms of the, the dropped interception. Um, you know, the I, I imagine that's not just going to haunt him for the, the off season. That's going to haunt him for a long, long time. And he owned it in a, in a tweet afterwards, but you're always left to, to wonder what if. But he shouldn't be alone in it because um, Dan Orlovsky had um, some stats on uh, Kyle Shanahan. So Kyle Shanahan, the fourth quarter of the last three playoff losses as head coach. So in 2016 versus the Patriots, outscored 19 and 0. Mark enjoyed that. In 2019 versus the Chiefs, outscored 21 0. 2021 versus the Rams, outscored 13 0. That's 53 zip in the la- in the last three uh, losses in the in the fourth quarter. It's that's you know once once is unfortunate um tw- twice uh begins to, to be a pattern and three times it you know is dangerously close to being an albatross around your neck it's going to be a huge season and i i back the the fort Niners. i like a lot of i think there's some great pieces there um losing debo um towards the the end was was huge he's just absolutely fantastic um the the rams get get it done and um i think that the talk for the next couple of weeks will be the rams d-line against the the bengals o-line but um the the bengals o-line in fairness burrow took one sack yesterday and mahomes took four so Mm. i i'm interested to to see what the what they'll try to to scheme up um but uh also um Von Miller's outfit in the um, post-game press conference. Uh, I I think it was Brandon Perna or maybe Ryan Green tweeted how 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 many Sesame Street characters had to die uh, for for that. Um, but uh, I I was mightily impressed and uh, don't know if myself and uh, Jeff can uh, get some of, some of those for uh, either either LA or Dublin at the weekend. Jeff and Dublin at the weekend. I forgot about that. It's going to be a good weekend. Jeff just tweeted out the link is on Jeff's Twitter account. And Mark, I'm conscious that uh, while Colin finds a way to mention Broncos guys there, I'm delighted he is. It's sad because Vaughn Miller isn't with us, isn't with us no, anymore. No, no, but um, we, no, Mark, we, we have a lot of 49ers fans that watch this show and have interacted. And thank you all very much this season for that. But uh, Jimmy G, is that it? In, well, in it I, I was actually more smiling and laughing because I was thinking the column is taking inspiration. I'm a little bit disturbed to see what column will wear in Saturday. Oh, well, I mean, given the shirt, <laughs> not the tonight, lads. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, Jimmy G, there's a few things to say about this game of key. Um, in the first half, it was already noticeable. Look how much time the Rams were staying in possession. And it's something that always needs to be borne in mind. Why do commentators talk about this? Why was it such a big deal in the 28-3 game you alluded to, the Patriots versus the Falcons? Why were Fox, why was um, Troy Aikman still talking about this, even with the first half still to go, just start the second half, although there's been such an imbalance in the time possession? Well, we just have Paddy Wallace on, right? Rugby players, soccer players, they train for stamina. They train in a fundamentally different way. NFL players are training for that explosiveness. They are not designed to, you know, they want that immediate quick jerk, that explosiveness, which can be repeated over a set number of snaps more than anything. Once you extend beyond the norm in relation to it, they get tired. 
they get exhausted more so than anything. They can be exploited. And very frankly, that's what we saw in many ways last night. Yes, the 49ers were up 17-7, but their defense was dead on its feet. And frankly, whenever you've got Matthew Stafford, I mean, we all know he's the, the red zone king in, for his time in the Lions, and you've got Cooper Cup and you've got Odell Beckham, the game can't be considered over. And certainly those three players, more than anything, stood up and were counted. But because of the great defensive effort of the first three quarters, the 49ers defense just didn't have anything left in the tank. And you mentioned about Jimmy G, Michael. Well, you know, the problem with Jimmy G is Jimmy G is good. Jimmy G is bad. But Jimmy G is just not good enough, unfortunately, to get over his badness. You can't trust him to win a game for you, other than maybe one or two meaningless regular season games. Um, last night, he looked jittery. There are a lot of throws that were high. Kittle and Debo bailed him out. Kittle in particular, there are a number of throws that were off target, and Kittle bailed him out and a few great catches. Um, and would it still and should it still have been enough to get them through to the Super Bowl? Yeah, actually, it should have. They sh Tart should have made the interception. They should have run the ball better. They should have possessed the ball for a long period of time. They should have closed out the game. But as Conor alluded to, unfortunately, that seems to be one of Kyle Shanahan as a coach. We talk about the coaches and the importance of them um, with Andy Reid earlier on. That seems to be one of his fundamental uh, flaws in this regard. But if I turned around to every San Francisco 49ers fan that engages with us and said to him at the start of this season, this season, guys, everyone's going to be reasonably healthy when it matters. You're going to go on a six-game uh, winning streak at the end of the year to make the playoffs. You are going to beat the Rams twice. You are going to make the NFC Conference Championship. Would they have taken it? I like to think they probably would have. They, this team is built potentially to win a Super Bowl, but they had such a bad season last year. They just want to get back on track. And frankly, the Jimmy G era has gone and Trey Lance era, which might not be for the better, let's be honest about this, mm. um, has already begun. Could be a gamble. Let's see what happens next year when we record a preview in Brian's bunker. Uh, guy we had on last year, Alex Mack. I really feel for him. I was watching him last night. I mean, like we, we thought whenever he came on last year, Let's be honest, like let's let's cut the crap here. I think we all thought he was done. You know, we did. I, I, I thought at the time I think that was it for him. He came back this year and the way he played in San Francisco to get to the NFC championship game is is, is a stellar, stellar season for him. And I really feel for him because at his age now, you know, I'd like to see him go on for another season. He got to the Pro Bowl today. Hopefully he does go on for another season, gets another chance. Um got it to see Debo crying at the end of last night's game. Got it that we're not gonna tweet Debo in capital letters with 40 letters for the rest of the season. I think we have to talk about Matthew insert the word clutch Stafford here last night. Some of those passes last night boys were unreal. Like unreal. Cooper Cup had 142 yards in the game. Uh, Garoppolo could go back to New England Mark. I mean uh, he'll not play for the 40 letters again. I'm joking. Don't worry. It's grand. Uh, it's going to be very interesting about Trey Lance because that they're they're taking they're it, it's a bet now isn't it they're, they're gambling that trey lance is going to come in there and and really and really fix it for them but look they have the offensive talent the 49ers they should have won that game last night especially at the end that drop from mr tart he will look back on that in years to come and go what what could have been because at one point last night and jeff rainbow said it on sky sports last night the rams were thinking too much they were they weren't they weren't 
following through in certain plays. They looked like they were thinking too much about small plays, about medium plays and big plays, and they weren't getting it done. But they got over the line, and that's all that matters. And they're going to the Super Bowl. Cronky is all in. They're in the casino in Hollywood Park. They've thrown all the chips in, and they are one game away. And the one thing I'll say to end this show, or end my contribution right now is, as Mark disappears, Sean McVeigh has been here. He knows what failure tastes like. He is going to be ready for this in two weeks. Mark my words, and we all know that. He knows exactly what to expect now. The pressure, the expectation on Los Angeles is huge. Massive. Because the Lakers aren't winning the NBA championship boys this year, so they're going to have to do something this year. Um, any final words? Have, have we anything we want to say about this game or anything? Well, if he's going to be ready, Michael, is he going to know what to do with timeouts? Is he going to well, know yeah, what to do? That with was challenge? a disaster. Ten minutes called last night left. Ten and, minutes left. Yeah, Stafford. I mean, Mark, you were saying about Jimmy G's not not good enough. Stafford might be just good enough. Um, you know, and that's the difference. But are you gonna? Are, are we saying like Cooper Cup is elite? Aaron Donald is elite. Elite. Von Miller is elite. Is is Stafford? if that ball if he he under true that and which is which has been an issue for Stafford time and time he seems to think he can throw the ball 10 yards further than he can and he has thrown a number of interceptions on these deep balls that go nowhere near where his receiver is um as I said I think he's good enough I think the system that's around him I think the the players that are around him but Cooper Cup was the the difference maker on offense. He is uh, an, a, an elite talent, and OBJ came up big. And in fairness, for OBJ to catch the ball and take the helmet to helmet that Ward did after the dropped yeah. interception, yeah. kudos to him. Man has serious cojones. Um, but I, I think it will be inter- interesting. I know Dan Orlovsky loves Matthew Stafford, but to for me. The Bengals have the better QB in the in the Super Bowl. Oh, 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 I don't know what the O's for. I don't even think that's controversial. Like, I mean, oh, you're saying it's... Matthew Stafford's clutch. He scored his offense scored seven points in the first three quarters. Like they won at the races. Yes, they they performed when they needed to in the fourth quarter and fair play, they made the plays. But don't that's give away the picks, not... yes. <laughs> like, but I mean, Colin's alluding to that throw. I mean, like, if you were on a GAA field. And you put it over the bar and you left it that far short. You wouldn't be making county. You wouldn't be making the team. You'd be cut oh, half a you know a half a second later. And that you didn't see a throw match yesterday, Mark. Did you? You didn't see the Leonardo throw match yesterday. <laughs> no, no, Jesus. I, I, I like to watch Gaelic football, Michael. Not um, you know excuses for Gaelic football. I know it's the All Ireland champions. I know it's the All Ireland champions. I'm teasing you. No, but just see what happened at the end. Like um, was a, they they didn't kick it high enough, and it went over the bar. The referee said it was it was a foul. Anyway, anyway, yes, go on ahead. Okay, but anyway, so I, I wouldn't put Stafford in that regard. I mean, the the remarkable thing was all the storylines that could have come out of last uh, yesterday's games. It seemed for a while we were destined for going back to the eighties, back to the future, and every eighties reference I've got in my uh, my pop culture catalog was going to come <laughs> out with a 49ers Bengals reference. So you've been saved from that. But we talk about the fly boys with flash boys, the big names very often. You mentioned about Alex Mack. I think two people, both left tackles, deserve a bit of a mention here. Trent Williams has probably been the best left tackle in all of football. Um, And he's not going to the Super Bowl at all, unfortunately. But Andrew Whitworth, now if Tom Brady is 
retired, if he is, uh, is the oldest man in the NFL. And for him to to go back to the big show, the big dance, he was interviewed after the game by Aaron Andrews. You can see what it means to him. A stalwart uh, player for many, many moons. Um, you know, you, you see stories like that and people like that and you're glad for them that they will get to experience it. And, uh, and who knows? I mean, Eric Weddle as well. Come out of retirement, lads. Come off the bench for a couple of weeks and you end up back in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he, was, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant for, for the Rams. And um, he just he made, he made plays all night. And finally, for me, just on Shanahan, just to finish, hunting on fourth and two. I mean, you're, yes. you're, you you make your your whole career is based on being creative, which you are. You're a really creative play caller. You have Kittle, you have Debo, and you don't go for it. Well, I, like, Colm, I would actually raise you the, the first game of the night with the Bengals. The Bengals had two situations in the first half where they were within the 10-yard line in, in Arrowhead. I think they should have went for it both times. Really do. Like You go down, you, you go for it. It's yeah. playoff football. Go for it. Go for it. I, I don't think we've insulted enough fan bases tonight, Michael. So I'll throw one more into the mix just before we go. Um, Ray Ray Bork was a uh, famous ice hockey player, played for the Boston Bruins for many, many years. And the Avalanche. And then he went to the Avalanche. And the Boston yeah. Bruins fans were delighted that he went to the Avalanche and won a Stanley Cup because they felt like he deserved it and that the Bruins weren't effectively good enough for him and hadn't done right by him. I wonder how. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers fans feel about Eric Weddle and potentially for their city mates winning a Super Bowl uh, in two weeks' time. Indeed. Or Detroit and Matthew Stafford. I personally think half of Detroit's going to be in LA yeah. in two weeks. We'll be in LA in two weeks and we'll see you there. Colin, that's us for now, but uh, we've got a special show coming this week. We don't, we're don't. we actually not back in terms of a show with all of us um, until Sunday, but we've got a special show coming this week for the Senior Bowl. Yes, we do indeed. Obviously, the, the draft starts in Mobile, and uh, that is the, the case. Uh, the the Senior Bowl is, you know, I suppose bit building up to it. I think the, the measurements dropped today from, from what I, I saw, and we ha were very fortunate to have a great chat with Jim Nagy last year. We welcomed him back uh, to the show for another great chat, um, but he is not the only guest on the special show, Mark. No, um, we also uh, interviewed a young man who's going to go quite high, likely in the draft in the next, uh, uh, in April. Uh, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa there uh, joined us for a chat, just gave his daughter head of the uh, the Senior Bowl itself, but obviously some of his insights as to how he's feeling in the build-up to April. One of the key O-line prospects uh, coming into this year, and God knows there are a number of teams that could do with O-line help. And so for 30 teams now, their attention turns to the draft, turns to free agency, turns to building up their team for next year. And then... There were two, and only two left to gladiate it out in two weeks' time. Every time you say Northern Iowa, I think you're going to say Northern Iron. Like, genuinely, like, even when we were chatting them, I thought you were going to say that. Uh, just, to, just to remind everyone, presented by Trust, and we're also presented. Thank you very much to Trust, and thank you very much to Matchbook Betting Exchange. 20 pound 20 year whack offer codes Irish NFL show T's and C's are below 18 plus. Please be gamble aware. We'll have an offer out for the Super Bowl very soon in terms of both outrights for the Bengals. And the Rams as well. Two teams remain. We'll be back with a Senior Bowl special this week, but we'll see you on Sunday for a very special episode. We're getting there now, boys. Uh, 
Commiserations 49ers fans, commiserations Chiefs Kingdom. It's all down between Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. Uh, good night. Slongafon.